Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. I've got a good friend, longtime friend, uh, Vaughn Miner. Um, and, uh, you know, just a guy, interesting, our, our paths have crossed in so many different ways. And uh, um, I wanted to bring you on and have this conversation with you because every time that we would have you out to talk to our students, you always had a young man with you. Um, a younger guy that you were kind of mentoring, or mentoring, discipling. Um, and I was always just impressed with that concept. And I was just like, you know, if anybody understands um, the challenges, the obstacles, the hurdles that young men face today, um, I was like, Vaughn, you get it, you understand it. And so I wanted to, to have you on just to, to talk about that conversation, not only your, your experience in your own life, but just kind of what you see today mm-hmm. um, as the, you know, the challenges that young men are facing. And then, right, kind of work through a strategy of if you were a young guy today, what are the things that you would do? What are the things that you would encourage them to do uh, to move in a direction where they're going to be successful in life? So thanks for being on with me. Oh, Dan, it's an honor to be with you today. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. I think it's needed. Um, for the present time that we're in. And um, I think it's needed not only for the present time that we're in, but also think that uh, that it's needed to impact um, future conversations. Yes. Um, so honored to be here today. Well, tell a little bit about um, just kind of your background. Um, I know, um, you know, it's, it's um, you ended up becoming a pastor, yeah. right? But you definitely didn't start, right, with, you know, kind of in, in the Christian world and no. growing up in the church, right? No. But give us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, I, I, I tell the story that, I didn't know um, Christianese. So (laughs) words like um, devotion was foreign to me. Um, Seminary as a school had no idea. So growing up um, as an evangelical was not my background. So um, didn't go to Christian camps, youth camps. So very, very raw, um, but grew up in the church. Okay. Uh, had an had an understanding of Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord. Okay. So Jesus was never Lord of my life, but He was my get out of jail free card. Amen. Um, and then in uh, in college, I met a guy by the name of Jody Arrington, um, who is one of our U.S. representatives now, serving okay. in in Lubbock. And uh, Jody uh, playing basketball out on the student recreation centers where where all the type A dudes hung out man, yes. playing basketball, yes. wannabe athletes. And um, Jody, would he wouldn't talk like us. He didn't curse. He would use what now we define as um, humorously Christian cuss words. So instead of saying the F-bomb, yep. Jody would say, oh, freak it. And I thought it was the funniest thing I've sure. ever heard in my sure. life. I'm like, this guy talks funny. you know. But he was so cool and just had this, this, this air um, about him. Yeah. And one day I, I asked him just, Hey Jody, why, why don't you talk like us? Yeah. And he said, I, brother, I, I love Jesus. And, and it resonated with me because I, I, I love Jesus too, but right. I, but I talk a certain way and I act a certain way. Yeah. Um, I think a certain way, my appetites have been developed a certain way, but in a man, 
that is a colleague, a peer, I see something different in his life because of the name of Jesus. And through that interaction, it, it changed literally, Dan, the trajectory of my life. I am not here apart from another man lending an example to the validity of who Christ truly is, yeah. a relational God um, who not only saved us from sin, but now has equipped us through the gift of the Holy Spirit to to live like him. So, um, well, so you know, it's, it's funny when, when you, I'm glad you didn't say um, that a Christian has to say this word or that word, or a Christian can't swear or a Christian, right? I'm glad you just said, you know what, here's the deal. You ask him why. And he said, because, um, because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, right? I choose to uh, speak differently. Now, here's the deal. You can take that and do whatever you want with it. Absolutely. You can say, listen, I, I don't think that's important. But you you said, well, you know what? That's something I want to evaluate in my own life. Absolutely. Right? And, my, and my own language. And I think that that's the biggest thing is I think some people look at Christianity of a set of rules and mm. a set of do's and don'ts. Yes. And I'm like, you're missing it. You're missing it. Don't, don't get lost in that, right? And, and I, I don't hear you saying that, right? It's like, well, Christians can't swear. Now, what I hear you saying is Christians should think about their words. Yes. And, and Christians should allow Christ to speak to their words. And whatever you come up with, right, if you think that, hey, as a representative of Jesus Christ, this is the best word to say, right? Because I'm, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Amen. And so when I, when I speak, it's, it's not my words that I'm speaking. I'm speaking as a representative of him. And if he were here, what would he say? Amen. And if you think, right, dropping an F-bomb is, is what Jesus <laughs> would say, right? And then, you know, drop it away. Right. Right. I always talk about people when people are like, you know, well, Christianity, it's, you know, it's anti this and it doesn't do this and doesn't do that. I'm just like, no, that's not true. Right, it's like what what would Jesus do? And here's the deal: He shocked a lot of people. Yes, he right? did. Yes, in, he did. In, in the days that we have recorded of his life and his walk, there were a lot of people who were like, "I can't believe you're doing that." And he's like, "Because you don't know me, <laughs> right? You don't you don't know me. And if you got to know me, you'd be like, okay, that makes sense.' And I think that's a that's a really neat thing for as a man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be put in a box that I have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, and I have to speak a certain language. I have to do this. He's like, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying as a man, right? Follow the man and, and let him help you craft your language and your words to be the most effective person that you can be and who he created you to be. So I love, I love just even starting with that. That was a, that's a great that's really good. concept, right, just to start with. And, and I love to echo the words of Paul. Mm. Paul says everything is permissible. But not everything but is not beneficial. But everything is beneficial. Right. For the stomach, some for the food. I will not be mastered yep. by any. Obviously, there's a, there's a huge context to, to what he was referencing right. there. But in that reality of the, the, the rules – the rules of what food to eat or right. it, it it is it wasn't a rule he didn't judge my yeah, language exactly he just shared with me this is my, the why to his exactly and and then you wrestled with your own and said hey wait a second wait a second what? <laughs> so so what is what is this right to whom is this jesus that you refer right and uh that began a very intense self introspection that was led by a man Love because it. I couldn't have done it by myself. Yeah. It was it was an example of another brother who was became is I can't reference my life ever from a historical reference point without Jody Arrington. Yeah. We will always be tied together because of his example. Um so I'll fast forward a little bit just to get us to where we are today. Um come to um, true 
understanding that the Lord is my shepherd mm-hmm. and was challenged to get in the book. You know, oftentimes we, um, we fail even in our, in our walk with the Lord to get in, to get in the book, the Bible. That's right. And uh, Jody challenged me. He said, hey, um, I want you to read the Gospel of John. There you go. And he challenged me. He said, before you read it, pray and ask the Lord to make it real to you. And I said, okay. That's dangerous. Really dangerous. I'm like, oh, gosh, make it real for me. <laughs> oh, boy. What is, this, go. what is this going to – what's the consequence like? to this, right? And it was consequential. Can, oh, can I, that is such – that statement – Yes. Right. Scripture tells you here's the deal: weigh the cost before <laughs> yes. before you consider this path. Absolutely. Right. Because if you if you're going to walk down this path, um, it it is not going to be what you think that it's going to be. It's not going to be just a hey, I'm going to add God to my life and He's going to make things better. It's right. like Scripture's like, and eh, no, you don't get to do that. Nope. <laughs> right. Nope. I'm going to add God to my life and everything's going to be okay. I'm like, what scripture did you read? <laughs> right? I'm going to add God to my life when I want, and God's just I don't work that way. So that's that's a. That's a great reminder, right? Just, you know, hey, pray, make it real to me, but also consider the cost. If, you, if you're going to open up this book, this is not like any other book. Th- this book reads you. I always say this book reads you as you read it. <laughs> as you read it. That's right? exactly right. And, that, and, that's, and that's the problem with the book, right? It becomes, you know, as James 1, it becomes that mirror that, right, that you walk out and, it, and it's just like, here's the deal. When I, when I look in the mirror in the, in the morning and I see my physical self, and and I see things that need to be corrected. If I don't go correct them, can I just tell you, people look at you like you're stupid, right? That's like, exactly dude, right. you got this out. You got, you know, what, what's wrong? Well, here's the deal: when you look at the mirror of Scripture and you don't correct those things, right? Those those things are obvious to people. Those things are obvious to God. So mm-hmm. that's a great that's a great thing, right? Just prepare yourself to open up this book and read it. And and once I did that, mm-hmm. and I prayed and I asked the Lord, God, make this real. I've, yeah. I've seen Bibles. I grew up, again, grew up in the church, yep. grew up going yep. to church. Sure. And it was foundational um, for me because there were some things that, that I wrestled with without knowing that it was the Holy Spirit that w- was living in me right. where there was a certain things that I wasn't going to do, you know, moral decisions that right. I wasn't going to do. But right. However, being exposed to all those places – of acute sinfulness and deprivation as a youngster, uh, growing up without a father, okay. um, seeing um, and and really being socialized in an environment that defined masculinity as the worst of yeah. womanizing, drug use, yeah. um, the lack of fidelity in marriage, all these things, pornography, just all of it. That was normalized. It was normalized, and, and and it became a part of the identity and and framing manhood yeah. um, for me. Yeah. And I think it's important that I reference that because if if it's if it's made you, and those are some of the things that you identify with as a place of manhood, those would be the places of struggle. Yes. After this place of radical conversion, sure, and um. You know, accepting the free gift of salvation that comes from Christ. Yeah. Then you got to work through a lot of that baggage Working you brought in. out your salvation uh, with fear so and trembling. So tough. And I didn't understand that. Yeah. And I'm still understanding it. You know, Dan, I'm 52. Yeah. As a 52-year-old man, still walking through those places of acute fracture. Um, and, and I wish I would have had... Um, begin to deal with these things a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, but that's the place of um, of defining 
redefining for us culturally, what is manhood really? Amen. What what does that look like? It's such an important question. It's an it's and, an incredible. And, it's, and, and I think it is if if each man asks himself that question, then we as a larger culture begin to understand that it really is an important question to ask. What is a man? What is a woman? What does it look like? Amen. And and I think we've we've allowed unfortunately sometimes the world to speak into those things as opposed to the one who created the idea of mm-hmm. man and woman to really help us define what he intended. Right. And to, and to go back to the book and to go back to the instructions and to go back to God's design and say, what is, what did God intend for me? Amen. What did God intend for a man to be? Right. Sometimes we get lost in those, you know, as you said, you know, masculinity, right. You know, I've got to, I've got to be tough or, you know, men do this, men don't do that. I'm just, I'm always looking at going, well, maybe men in your life don't do that. But, <laughs> right? that that's not, that's not a biblical concept of men. Right. I mean, uh, you know, a man, you know, a man can cook, a man can cry, a man can love, you know, music. I'm just always looking at it going, what, where did we come up with these concepts of what, what a man, man is? Men can love art. Men yeah. can love art. Yeah. Right? My wife is, my wife is showing me a lot about manhood Yeah, in the mirror, that reflection of her. And that, oh, that's a, that's a great way of learning yes. about who you are. Yes. Right. By having a great life partner <laughs> yeah. who's the opposite and saying. She's so opposite for me. And she's, she is the <laughs> most opposite for me. And. And as I grow, even in my in my my marital relationship with my wife, yes. twenty three years, yes. um, this December, um, I am appreciating her more. Mm. Um, I'm falling in love with her more uh, by the expression of her reflection. Yes, and that expression of her reflection is how she lives, and it's a beautiful thing. I I not meaning to go off on a tangent. I but love it. No, it's it's yeah. it is it is the the the. Those places where I felt that manhood could never be defined by going to a symphony. That's not what men do. Men don't go to symphonies. I love the symphony. Yeah. <laughs> and you I go and you like, I love, I'm like, I can't believe, man, will I lose my man card? No, I mean, there's certain things. Can I, can that, I th- that is such sure. a statement, though. Yeah. Right? You know, you're going to lose your man card. I'm yeah. just like, a man card? Like, what did I get the man card for? Right. Right? For not going to the symphony? Yeah. For not appreciating, appreciating people who have incredible talents yeah. that I don't have? Yeah. Can, I, can I tell you, that's one of the things that I've, I've learned and grown and developed in as well, is just learning to appreciate other people's gifts and uh, talents and abilities that you don't have. What, what, whatever they Unbelievable. are. Unbelievable. Right? Just kind of like you go and you go, man, you are so good at whatever that is. And I just appreciate that. And I love that. Now, that is not my gift and talent and ability. I'm still waiting to for God to reveal to me. <laughs> <laughs> what is, right, hey, Dan, I got a gift for you, man. It's, 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 it's coming, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody else apparently has found hey, this look, out. I'm in the last half of it. I'm in the last quarter of this. Guy. Right, yeah. you, will you clearly define those things for me now? I, I feel like Abraham. You yeah, know, it's yes, like it's going to yeah. happen when I turn, you know, 99. <laughs> All right. Right before I get to 100. Thank you, Lord. Um, but just, but just kind of that, you know, I think as men in, in a terms of being able to be comfortable with who I am and how God has created me, that I don't have to be great at everything. I don't have to be good at everything, mm. right. To be able to appreciate, uh, appreciate other people who are good at things, right. right? And just you know, the, the symphony, right. You go and you go, there are some people who can do some amazing things and it sounds, be- and the people who wrote it and the elevation of my spirit when I'm there to hear things that I go, that was incredible. Right, and then you go back, and maybe in the particular culture you live in, that's not celebrated. But you go, but I, I can, I can enjoy that. I can right. love, I can love that. That was awesome. That's right, yeah. and 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 that it, it does tie into that opening up of the book for me. Yes, um, opening up God's Word, God revealed it to me in such a pronounced way. The the crucifixion of Christ and in, mm. in, in the Gospel of John um, became a movie. 
as I'm reading the Bible, I will almost tear up talking about it now. It was as if there was a movie that was being played in my bedroom okay. um, wall. Yeah. And I'm seeing the crucifixion account. Like I'm, I'm watching it yeah. play out. And I remember uh, men didn't cry in my community. That's, okay. that, was a, that was a sign of weakness, so we didn't cry. And I remember weeping. And um, I was home. Um, it may have been for, uh, for a summer, summer break during college. And my mom, she, she comes into the room, and she's like, well, what is wrong with you? And I remember looking at her saying, I can't believe they did this to my yeah. Jesus. It was like my Jesus. It was, it was mine. My, yeah. my, my Jesus, my Lord. And um, if she were here, she would tell you that that was catalytic in her life. Like, I don't know what my son is going through, and the Jesus that he is proclaiming is not who I have. Yeah. So now I got to do some self-evaluation. And um, from from that point on, it was I need to be taught the Word of God. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a in a tradition of preaching that there was a lot of preaching, and it 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 get you goosey, but um, the substance of the Scripture wasn't taught. Okay, now being educated and um, my mom she she pressed that for me. Um, growing up in inner city, I was I went to private school. Thank God for her. Um, that shaped me, mm-hmm. and it it'd be um, as we continue this conversation. I'll, I'll reference it as the, the the opposite of what I had experienced in my social um, background right. growing up. Right. Um, but I, I really wanted to learn the Word of God. I wanted to be taught that Word. And um, as I moved back to Dallas from from Texas Tech University, was in the television business, was a broadcaster and. Um, went from the on-air side of television to the uh, to the business side of television. Okay, television ad exec for uh, for a number of years. That was what I and as, as a man began to identify with because I loved the business of television right. and um, wanted to be in it. Um, but when I got home, I said, "There's three things that I know that I need. I, I need a I need a job, which I had. Um, I got to find a gym, and I, I want to find a church. But I want to find a church where I'm going to be taught." The word of God. I want to. I want to learn this. This yes. this this book that I'm reading, that I'm starting to have some understanding and a thirst to read it, and it was changing my thoughts because I was being challenged with certain lifestyles or a lifestyle that I had embraced, thinking that it was okay. Right. Um, and it was in direct contradiction of holiness. Mm. Be holy as I am holy. I'm understanding. I'm like, dang, this is this is this is. This is really challenging me. Yeah. And I had a dear friend. Um, she asked me, invited me to come to her church. And her church just so happened to be Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship mm-hmm. Church. And I go there on a Sunday. And Tony I, Evans. I, I, <laughs> I show up late. And um, I was looking for the choir because that was part of, of my tradition of church. And the choir wasn't that good. So I was heading out. I'm like, I don't what what kind of church is this? I got to oh. go. And I'm about to walk out. And this lady said, honey, I know. Dr. Evans will be up in a second. Dr. Evans got up and he read from Philippians. I remember that because I was looking at my table of contents in my Bible where Philippians was. I'm like, gosh, everybody's turning into this book and I have no idea what this is. I'll get there. I'll get there. (laughs) Sooner or later, I'll get there. I don't remember getting there. I wanted to celebrate. It's like I scored a touch. And I was like, yes, I found this book. And he reads and I'm reading along with him. And I sat down. He gives this opening illustration. I am just fixed and the lady, she gave me a pen, and she goes, I told you, baby. And it's the first time in my life, I was 24 years old, that I took a note. Wow. 
in church. Wow. I was radically blown. When I say blown away, I was so on fire for the Lord and the teaching that I was learning from Dr. Evans that I was committed to being there every Wednesday night. And then for the first time in my life, um, I was introduced to community, uh-huh. another Christian word that yep. I would never know anything about, yep. but was introduced to community through um, through the choir, a young adult choir, um, Priscilla Evans and um, Anthony Evans uh-huh. and Crystal Evans were all a part of this incredible um, group that they put together wow. that called the Expressions of Praise, young people that were just on fire for the Lord. Love it. And now I have this this incredible group, this community, that now I'm getting to see how young Christians are living out their life. And there were some men that began, yes. again, my, yes. my peers, but they were much further along in their race with the Lord than what I was. And you start paying attention. And I start paying attention. Yeah. And Dan, from that point, I realized the, the critical nature that it would be for me for the remainder of my life to have a man going before me, walking this thing out. And me being able to walk alongside someone else. And that's why it's so important for me to have that replicated in my life, making sure that I had younger men uh, that I poured into and from television to a full-time call into ministry and seminary at Southwestern and Dr. Evans saying, I want you to be my student pastor. And and from that point on, my life has been radically radically changed and different. and, And here I am talking to the great Dan Panetti about <laughs> becoming, going from a boy to a man. It is, it is. It's, it's, it's such an incredible um, journey. And I, I even love, you know, as I, as I listen to you, I, like I can, I can see you sitting in that pew um, and, and taking those notes for the first time. Um, and it's just, I, you know, there's so many young people that I see um, that they'll come into an environment, right? They'll, they'll go to church. They'll sit there, they'll walk out. They'll be, I, I didn't like that. And I was like, Oh, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like you, you missed it, right? Because you, yeah. you came in um, like as a consumer, right? And, and as, as opposed to somebody who humbly comes in and mm-hmm. says, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not leaving till I get something, right? It's, 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 it's like walking into the gym, right? You know, hopping on the treadmill, you know, and then, and then going out and hitting the donut store on the way home <laughs> or, or grabbing a Whataburger. Yeah, it's like, yes. it's like, it's like you, 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 you missed it. You know what I mean? Like you missed it. You missed like what was supposed to happen. And I keep, I keep telling people, it's like, I don't know why we walk into church and we're okay with walking out being the same. Mm. Like if, if you walked into church and you walk out and you're like, I'm, I'm the same, not, nothing happened. I'm like, just go back and sit just, just say, okay, God, I'm not leaving your house until you do something. Mm. And it's just like that anticipation, that expectation that God is there and he's going to meet you there Amen. and he's going to, he's going to speak to you and, and he's going to give you something like, and, and we leave without it. And I'm yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense to me how, how we can be in the presence of God. And then we can just walk away and, and, and not be changed at all. And I'm just like, it's, 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 it's so devastating to see so many young people do that. Wow. There, there's a place of um, real competition for the heart. Oh, totally. Of, young people today that we didn't have. Yeah. And um, I see it in my own house, raising kids that now where our, um, our socialization happened in our house. It happened outside with our friends because you went outside to play with your friends. Yep. 
It happened at the church that was typically up the street from your house, mm-hmm. and it happened at school. That was it. Your framework yeah, was, was defined, yeah. and basically By seven square miles. That, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it was like it was within that that sure. space. That was my world too. Yeah. Now we're seeing kids' framework that's yeah. being defined by this global community. Yeah. Global. All they have to do is pick up their phone and be influenced by a standard that is absolutely ruled by darkness. Yes. And in the first time in human history, we're, we're seeing this and now we're having to navigate oh, yeah. in a place that um, it, it is fearful yep. for a lot of folk like me who I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about TikTok. You know, just, oh, there's these videos. I refuse to get on it because I don't want it to be a time waster. Yeah. But for our kids, for these, for the, for the, this, this generation, right. their framework is being shaped in three-minute increments. Yep. And to sit in church and, and now have to hear, hear a sermon for 45 minutes or 40 minutes and itching oh, yeah. so desperately to get to the phone, yeah. just so you can see what's on it. Um, it is a challenge, but God knew this way before us, and and there's there's has to be unique strategies that we use to reach this this generation. Yeah. You, well, well, let's do this. Let's let's stop our conversation here, and I want to I want to start another conversation absolutely. to talk about those unique strategies. Yes. All right. Yep. All right. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.